Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Perspective Transformation Radio, changing the world one perspective at a time. I'm your host, Marnie Sleberg, and during this hour, you'll discover the backstories behind some of today's most transformational quotes. Feel free to share these quotes. Go ahead and use them in your articles, blogs, or books. Just give attribution to the author. You can learn more at www.perspectivetransformation.com. Now let's get going. Rhonda De La Mornere is an author, speaker, and blogger with a heart for the broken. She longs to see women move past the fears that keep them from fully embracing God and one another. You can learn more at www.perfectmess.org. Hi, thank you for having me. So excited to have you, and it's just been such a blessing to watch your ministry and how God has brought you through some really tough times, has got you just on a new trajectory now sharing him with people in many different ways, including writing and speaking and prayer. And so excited to pick your brain a little here. Well, thank you so much. I I can't wait. (laughs) It is not my perception of who I am that he wants. It is the truth of who I am that he came for. When I first started following Jesus, I I came to follow him, as as you know, and uh, many people know it, at the age of 30. And we always have this perception that, oh, this is how Jesus wants me to follow him. And I'm going to walk into church and become, we all have this idea of what being a Christian is, (laughs) but we don't realize like, oh, he did not come for your ideas of what it is to follow me. Hmm. He came for the truth. And so many of us are so outward focused and, and even outward focused about ourselves. And we have these perceptions about ourselves that we've built up and Jesus is all about bashing through that and and bringing and saying oh I want the truth of who you are and we don't even know how to give it to him and so he starts little by little tearing tearing down our own perceptions about people about him about ourselves and um and it's it's very sometimes very painful but very beautiful I, I like to call it he beautifully breaks us he is the most skillful surgeon, and, uh, and we get to go on that through that process with him. And he, only he knows the truth, the real truth about us. And he's, and when we get to really, really see that, it's it's, an, it's amazing to understand, and we do get to see the truth about ourselves. This is a key part of your message. Is your website is perfectmess.org. <laughs> you, you really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but you really embrace this reality that we all don't want to embrace. We want to, you know, we think we want to believe that at some point we'll be perfect and have it all together. And then we can say that we're really a shining example for Jesus and he can use us. And that's how it goes, right? It just, it's, it's like he uses us in all of our brokenness and he is bigger. It's not us getting bigger. It's him so big. Right to be able to use a broken vessel. I, I, I once had this image that whenever I first started following him and I started tagging along thinking, okay, oh, now I know how it's going to go. I've got all these, I'm like a vase with all these broken pieces. And mm. he's taking up each piece and he's gluing me back together. And one day I'm going to be a whole vase and he'll be able to stick something beautiful in me. And that's how I thought it was going to go. but what I realized is it's more like no you're not a vase like you're more like a vase that has been completely pulverized shattered there's no way it could ever be put back together but inside that vase there was 
a beautiful, yeah. beautiful truth of who I made you to become. And when that base is pulverized and when yeah. you really see the truth that there's no putting it back together, there's nothing perfect, nothing redeemable about it at all. That letter of who you really are inside, you can open it up and start reading it. And that's mm. the truth of who you really are. But it takes admitting that it's never going to be, there's no form to it, no majesty about it at all. It's, it's only <laughs> him. He be, we be, get to become the containers that, that he gets to read his love letter through. There were no scars in heaven until Jesus returned from touching us. It's a simple statement, a simple quote, but it's, it, it's really personal to me because um, I was molested through my childhood. One of the things that Jesus had me do, one of the first areas that he began to show me I was pulverized <laughs> is um, through my healing from that, and uh, which I did not want to do because I had already been through, I was already a counselor. I had passed all the tests and by anyone's viewpoint I looked good like I looked like I had it together and I could easily have coasted in that and no one would have ever known that inside I still felt all these things about myself that were not correct but I knew that he knew and he knew that I knew so I knew I needed to listen and let him heal and restore me and redeem that part of my heart and so I went when I went through the the healing uh, I went through a weekend long, it began at a weekend long retreat. I, there was a lot of teaching going on, but one thing that we kept learning about were the scars that Jesus bore on the cross. And, and, and he just kept speaking to me about the scars over and over. And I kept hearing in my spirit him saying, I wanted to, I wanted to, mm -hmm. I wanted to. And I, for me, it was, it was so healing because you think about, so many of us think about the cross as being something he did for all of us. But at that moment, it, I personally realized he wanted to do that for me. Yeah. And it just was <laughs> when the cross really hit home for me. So when I get to heaven, 10,000 years from now, I'll be able to look at those cards and know they were mine. That he wanted to, yeah. he wanted to take them for me. And he wants to take them for all of us. And part, not just corporately but personally it's beautiful to think that the only one in heaven with stars will be jesus and they're like his little love letter to us jesus didn't come for the perfect or the messy but for those who are willing to surrender their mess to his perfection what i've experienced as someone that has come in kind of later into the faith is walking in and trying to find how to be a Christian in the midst of this all. And I found that there's many who take the grace of God for granted. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of say, we're going to live messy because we, um, we know that there's grace. And so they don't even try to be perfect because mm -hmm. they just say, okay, well, you know, we're, we can be messy because there's grace. And then there's some that try to be so perfect and they uh -huh. don't even know the grace. Because they're just like, well, right. you know, and then, then they're looking at everyone else, judging everyone, and there's no grace whatsoever. And there's all these, there seems to be like these two pendulums. And then there's these people that are trying to be perfect. And then they're like, I'm tired, so I'm going to let that be for a while. And then it's just like back and forth, back and forth. And so Jesus used First John 1, 7 to heal me and show me the truth. Like there mm -hmm. is, there's this going on all over my church and all over my bride, but 
there is the, there is a way that's right, and it's uh it's to walk in the light with me. And uh, it says in First John one seven, if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so there's this place where we can walk in fellowship with Jesus and walk with fellowship with one another, but we have to see in the light, which means we have to see that we're a mess, but we see his perfection and our eyes are not on our none, ourselves at all. They're completely on him. And we know the truth about ourselves that we're a mess and he is perfect. And we walk in the blood the whole way. And that is, that's the perfect way that we stay in alignment. And if we stay in alignment with that, we're going to make it the whole way home, walking in the the truth of who he is and we have freedom with him and freedom with one another complete and complete true fellowship with each other and that's what he came for and that's so beautiful i know grace is one of the things that we get scared to talk about because it can be it's crazy of god to extend it to us because he knows that from time to time we're going to abuse it and take advantage of that but at the same time that's exactly what he is extending to us is this incredible grace and that I always have to say that I can live without a lot of things, but I cannot live without grace. I have exactly. to have the grace of God. And you don't realize how much you're dependent on it until you're with a person who has no grace. There's no measure of grace. It's just judge, 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 judge. And then you just really appreciate the grace of God extended toward us through Jesus, that we have the ability to be so imperfect, to be so ourselves, and be so loved by God. Jesus is our worth mirror. Until we truly see ourselves in his reflection, we have absolutely no idea what we really look like. Jesus is the one that we look at to find what we look like. And this goes kind of back to what what I was talking about uh, in the beginning. And so we really don't understand what we look like. And and so if if you think about when when you get ready for... Um, work or to go out into the world we put on makeup we do our hair and all of this that so many of us don't look into the mirror of God's word to see what we truly look like and through the word of truth and through his eyes if we don't do that we are listening to the world we're listening to our own skewed views of who we think we are we get really really confused and and when we first come to him that's all we have to listen to and so it's, it's amazing, like little by little, that he begins to show us the truth of, of who we really are. And, um, and we really have this uh, really jacked up worth meter of, of <laughs> when, we, when we come to him. <laughs> I know for me, it was probably, I thought it was non-existent, but it really was, uh, it was there. It was just, I had such little hmm. worth that it told me the things that I was not worth all the time. And so I didn't think I was worth anything, but um, it, when God started really showing me the truth of my worth to him, it was when he started healing me of my father wounds. And he used uh, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43, 1 says, um, for you are mine, says the Lord, and I have redeemed you by name. And so he called me his. And when he called me his, all of a sudden, all of this worth came to me because I realized I belonged to someone that was right. worth, worth so much. And, and because I was his child, I understood that my life had value and that my life had worth that I, I could never understand. So when I look in the mirror, if I can find nothing to be 
to be thankful for. Right. Or I can't say anything there. I know I'm looking at the daughter yeah. of, of God. And, and there's so much worth to be found in that, no matter what I feel like. Or, and it's important that, we, that I remind myself of that. And I believe that we all remind ourselves of that every day. I like the concept of a worth mirror. <laughs> That's yeah. what I call every mirror. Like <laughs> your worth mirror. And the, and, the, and the word of God is our mirror. And, the, and when right. we see ourselves, it's important to speak to ourselves of our, our worth. Until we meet truth himself, we will only believe what others tell us is true. I used to be an elementary school counselor. I used to have lunch duty. And so I would listen, walk back and forth among the tables and listen to the conversations mm-hmm. that the kids would have. And um, there, I was amazed at how many of the kids would tell so many untruths about God. Or even there was, there was one day that um, there was a, a little girl sitting at one of the tables and there was this beam of light that came through and it struck on, on the lunch table. And this little girl said, look, it's God. He's coming to eat lunch with us. And I thought, and so I just stopped and listened. It was so precious. And I listened to what everyone said. And they were like, God's here with us right now. And it was so cool to listen to them how excited they were. And then there were some kids that said, who is God? And so I realized they really don't know the truth about him. Because they don't know the truth about him. They don't know the truth about themselves. And I just began praying. And and God began touching my heart saying, my children don't know who I am. They don't know the truth about me and they don't know the truth about themselves. We only know what people tell us and we don't know um, unless unless they hear. It's so important. Everyone's so scared to tell to tell about Jesus these days and to tell about God that it's so important that we tell the truth of who he is and especially to our children and any opportunity God opens the door for us to just speak his name and and, and make sure people know that he loves them because he does. So beautiful. And do you guys want to check out more from Rhonda over at perfectmess.org? And otherwise, you can go to womenspeakers.com and find her under Texas, Rhonda De La Morinere. Rhonda, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I always enjoy it. Excited to introduce you to Lisa Geisler. Lisa is from Missouri City, Texas. Her website is lisageisler.com, and you can also find her over at womenspeakers.com under Texas. Welcome to you, Lisa. Yay! Yay. <laughs> awesome. No regrets, lessons learned, strength gained. My faith has kept me. I'm kind of having a lot of flashbacks from things that happened growing up. And I've always been this type of person that, you know, no victim mentality, you just push forward. And and sometimes the clutter that's in our hearts and in our head that we think we're okay with, whether it's unforgiveness or just whatever, just kind of bubbles over. And, you know, got a lot of person to step into my life, but just, she just kind of became this voice. And it just felt like it kind of unraveled me. I made a lot of mistakes during that time, but yet no regrets. And, I, and, and you don't just say you learned a lesson. Strength gain. Walk in it now. Past traumatic events will always be part of our story. We just don't have to live there anymore. Some people say don't live in the past. Well, you're right, but it defines you. It absolutely is who you are. It's the reason you are. 
Because if those past experiences wouldn't happen, it wouldn't be make, but you don't have to sit there and just dwell on all that bad. We don't have to sit there and dwell on the bad, but guess what? It is who I am. I did live through abusive situations. I have lived through a lot of deaths and just difficult stuff. So the DNA is what's in your physical makeup. Yes, yes. And your history is what's in your historical makeup. You cannot distinguish yourself from your history. However, you can get healing bad choices that you made. There's healing that comes there, but it doesn't mean that it's not there anymore. Exactly. And I love that God brings good out of everything that's committed to him. Everything that's dedicated to him, he's going to bring good out of it. And so there's there's a phrase that I really love. God never wastes anything. And I love that yes. because no matter how yes. torturous it was to live through whatever that yes. thing was that was so painful, right. he's right. going to bring good from it. And the Absolutely. only time he doesn't bring good from it is when we don't allow that to happen. That's our part of the deal is giving it to him, trusting him with it, and looking for his good. So true, so true. Don't assume that someone who is quiet is calm or someone who is loud is stressed. I am very hyper. I know it. I'm very loud. I talk fast. What would bother me is when people would say, oh, Lisa, you just need to calm down. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't feel stressed. But yet I was surprised to see people who are very, seem very composed, and they were unraveling on the inside. It's about not judging people because you don't know who they are. Just because somebody is loud versus quiet, you're assuming what's going on in the inside, and that's not it at all, which goes back to when I was writing the book Uncluttered. You can see this beautiful house, this put-together person, but you don't know. So um, that's a real personal one for me. I just can't stand it when people say, oh, my gosh, Lisa, you need to calm down. I am calm. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> I remember one time wanting to be the gentle, quiet spirit it talks about in the Bible. And so what I decided to do was I would get quiet. And so I just became this real quiet person. And after a short period of time, my friends started saying, Marnie, something's wrong. What's the matter with you? You're not yourself. You're not your you know, usual self. And I'm like, I am. I'm just trying to be quiet. And they're like, well, that isn't what that verse means. That verse doesn't mean to be quiet. The verse means to have your soul and your spirit be calm and be settled in Christ, to be quiet, to not be riled up and angry. And it doesn't mean not to be exuberant and not to be joyful. And of course, right, like you right. said, when we force someone else into being how we are or how we expect that someone should look it's a very limited view that's why I really love working with personality tests and oh yes 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 because instead of being wrong we're just different (laughs) and this is true oh my god yes (laughs) absolutely absolutely yes and we need the we need the beautiful sanguine Lisa's out there to to bubble things up and to make things (laughs) fun and exciting Reading inspirational quotes is the best way to start your day. It goes back to what you're thankful for. And so it's that fresh little happy thing that you need to be reminded of that can set the tone for the day. There's a lot of points in the Bible that it talks about starting the day with God. Right, uh, right, right. It also talks about connecting with him all day long. Um, sometimes yes. it says seven times a day. Daniel did three yes. times a day, whatever. Yes. And then, of course, yes. there's the pray without ceasing one, which is just to keep him forefront all the time. Exactly. But there is some real power to beginning your thought processes of the day right, right, with right. truth. 
with light, with life. I want to pause for a second sure. because um, one of the things that happened um, when I was going through everything, iPhones, and I'm sure the smartphones have the same thing, is that I would um, buy um, Christian music mm-hmm. and I'd put the headphones on and I'd fall asleep and just listen to something that would inspire you, you know, Christian music because it's feeding your soul so you can be calm and go to sleep. One of the things that I do is I record my own voice uh, reading scriptures that I've memorized or meditated on a lot. That's a good idea. And when I travel internationally, sometimes that's really scary and you're upside down. The clock is upside down. You're on the other side of the world. And it really helps me to go to sleep to just hear God's word. But in my own voice, it's kind of yeah. weird how that is. And I'm not sure why it's so powerful, but it is just a wonderful way to rest. And even in the middle of the night, if I wake up, I will just start it again. And mine is 50, I think mine is 53 minutes. It just happens to be 53 minutes. No, no, that's good. That's good. Because that way, I think in the following sleep process, you know, for me, I know it could be that long, 35, 40 minutes. And just to go into that deep sleep, I'm going to try that one. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Okay, one more. Some adults are still bullying others and verbal abuse is still abuse. That's the narcissist personalities. Those people who are very vocal in your face to tell you what you need to do and what you shouldn't be doing. Same thing when you have friendships where one of your friends feel a little bit too comfortable with insulting you in front of somebody. Oh, no. Insulting in front of other people is not a joke, baby. It's bullying. (laughs) Where we find our true value and the definition of who we are is in Christ, not in the words of other people. But when someone is doing that to you and it's a pattern. Um, yes. It's different when it's just a one thing and they slip, but it, if it's a pattern, then right, it exactly. be addressed as as what it is is inappropriate and bullying and, and it isn't what God wants us to be listening to all the time. Exactly. And you hear about it in places of work. You read articles about those managers and stuff like that. And we don't want to call it as an adult. We want to put that label on it as a child. But at the yeah. end of the day, no, it's not. That's not nice. <laughs> It's not nice and it's not needed. (laughs) Exactly. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. And you guys can learn more about Lisa at womenspeakers.com under Texas or at lisageisler.com. And uh, you're going to love all the stuff that she does with organization. So check it out today. Michelle Gelletto of Whitehall, Pennsylvania. Welcome to you, Michelle. Thank you, Marty. Thanks for having me. God uses every circumstance and condition to draw you closer to Him. I have found that I need a little bit of struggle to keep myself tethered to Him. I had to accept that, that, you know, life was not going to be perfect. There was always going to be some condition or unexpected storm that we need to navigate and walk through. And I just drew so much comfort from his word because I feel like no matter what happens in our lives, it is in the word of God. And we just have to look through those pages to be inspired and to have his, you know, revelation on how to manage it, how to get through it. And it is the only thing that has really brought me through some very, very difficult, difficult days. One of the things I love, I just figured this out a couple of years ago, and it just is so huge to me, is that heaven isn't a ball. So if we think of earth being a round ball, 
and there's seasons and there's day and there's night and there's up and there's down and there's ties in and ties out and there's all this and like you said you know it is the difficulties of life that draws draws close to god but then when you think about heaven heaven is a cube that's totally different there doesn't need to be that anymore in heaven it really is perfect we don't have to have any hard times to draw us close to god we're just going to be with him and we're going to have the joy of not having those times but it is so true that there's a huge comfort in that awareness that deep knowingness that there's that god is going to bring something good out of everything here he tells us that and to your point just knowing that this is so temporary yeah. you know that when we start to really look in the in the scheme of all of eternity these momentary troubles just are that they're momentary and it's yeah. hard i mean there's hard days when you don't know how you're going to pay your mortgage or you have a loved one who is ill and life just completely crumbles in front of you. Those are hard days. Um, But you know what, we can get through them. And, you know, he has just allowed me then to take some of my journey and use it to help other women as they face their hard days. And isn't that such a mercy that not only does he get us through it, but then when we're on the other side, we can sit next to somebody else and cry with them and give them hope. (laughs) It will not be like this forever. This is temporary. Yeah, I love that. Commune with God, understand his will, live out his plan. In 2008, my husband had lost his job and his health broke. I mean, broke to the bottom. Um, So overnight, I've been a stay-at-home mom. Overnight, we lost healthcare, salary, everything. And, and I was now taking care of a very sick husband. And I was over with my brother and sister-in-law one day, and I was doing what we do. I was crying and just, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Trying to figure it out. And I don't know what my sister-in-law said to my brother, but I remember this. She said, Jeffrey, what do you want her to do? And he looked at me, Marnie, and he said, you need to put your nose in the word of God and you need to keep it there. (laughs) And I was scared enough that I went out. I said, I went out that day and bought a Bible. Now I had probably 20 Bibles at home, (laughs) but I went out and bought a new one and I just had nowhere else to go. And so I started that daily discipline. When I opened the word, I felt like Charlie Brown's teacher was on the pages. I could not understand anything. My mind had not yet been opened to understand the scriptures as Jesus tells us at the end of Luke, right? And it was just that daily walk. And then just slowly and gradually, it became so comforting that I stopped wanting to leave those moments in the morning. And I'd get up earlier and earlier and earlier. And, you know, more God is more God. You know, I think women, we don't always, we think we try to crowbar it into a certain part of our day, but that is the day. That's the moment. And so to have that daily communication is just one of the most extraordinary gifts that we receive. And mine was born out of necessity. So the quote you have is commune with God, understand his will, live out his plan. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of interesting that, You just started, well, it goes back to uh, one of my favorite phrases from a pastor that I had as a youth was, if you don't love something enough, invest more. 
You know, that's kind of where you you were like desperate enough that you were willing at that point to really spend some deep, sincere quality time, even when you weren't understanding it. Correct. And then, you know, very quickly, he begins to reveal to you. I mean, he is so faithful to us. And so by that daily communication, I started to like, it was almost as if he was rolling out a red carpet to help me understand what he wanted me to do in my life. And doors opened and opportunities presented itself and time multiplied. You know, he's the God who, you know, multiplied the loaves and fishes. So I could work full time, raise two kids, care for a a ill spouse, like with a lot of support. Don't don't let me ever, you know, (laughs) let you think it was not without a lot of support. But, you know, he reveals, he reveals. And then we get to just begin to live out his what he has destined for us since before the beginning of time. What's so cool is that was just 2008. And now we're discussing this Mm -hmm. in 2019, which is 11 years later. And you're busy leading women online in Bible studies. Yes. God will do more for you than you can ever imagine. Exceedingly, expectantly, above and beyond from Ephesians, right? I mean, we cannot ever dream what he has in store for us and i've just seen it in every area of my life you know um we've walked through hard days but our family is intact we um you know there's great love there's been great sacrifice but there's great love i've had opportunities at work and in ministry that i just could never have in a million years dreamed i have a my first bible study being published and that is a dream i had a dream as a high school student to be a writer and then that dream went away for a while and then doesn't he revive it and bring it back and you know provide the outlet that he wanted for that so it just we we just i always say his economy does not resemble ours at all you know and his is way more fun (laughs) oh i know my my favorite i like saying you know i love working for god (laughs) He's the best yes. employer ever. And, you know, we can have other employers at the same time, but, I mean, as long as we're doing everything for our audience of one, all of this falls into place, and that is so cool. Um, that is so cool. I, I, too, I agree with you that there is no way to measure the blessings that God gives us. I mean, there's, it's still life. It's still daily. It's still hard. It's mm-hmm. still, you know, just sometimes just fairly you know, falling into bed at night, you know, just to get up and do it again the next day. But amidst it all, there's this incredible treasure, this peace and this joy and this hope that we have. And then he surprises us along the way with those things that are so personal, you know, things that maybe, Michelle, it would thrill you and it wouldn't thrill anybody else. But he knows how to thrill us. (laughs) Absolutely. It is, um, it's all part of that back to, you know, spending time in his presence. Like that is, I would say that's the secret sauce, you know, just having that relationship. I had been a lifelong Christian, but it was everything changed from that day when I got really serious. I'd been a prayer warrior, but I really didn't understand the word. And once I really got into the word, just everything else changed. And regardless of the circumstances, there can be peace and there can be joy in every single day, even in the darkest days. Which is completely unreasonable, except that it's right. 
God creates time and space for you to walk in your calling. He does create time and space where there should be none. I mean, if, you know, you and I, we could get six women together and all write down what we have done in the day or are doing in this day. And we would all look at each other and say, girl, you need to slow down. That is too much. But you know what? If you're operating in his will, it doesn't feel like work. Even when I go to work, I love what I do in my day job as much as I love what I do in ministry. It's not work. Hmm. And, you know, there is just this magnification, this multiplication of time. And we, though, have to be willing to say no to some things. We cannot go at full tilt all the time. We can go in seasons of full tilt, but there have to be seasons of Sabbath, even in every day. And that's what I love about that morning time that there is this this Sabbath time during the morning to just be still before we go straight out. (laughs) Yeah, and it is amazing how he redeems the time, whether it's just something that took longer than you expected that day or whether it's just sitting with him and spending that time with him. If we're doing, it's kind of like the same with money, though, um, with the time. When we give him the 10%, that 90% goes farther than if we had all 100%. And that doesn't really make any sense logically, but that's how it works in God's economy. And that's how time works as well. When we give that time to him, he just makes the time go farther and makes, makes things more efficient than they could have been without him. God has something very special planned for you. Every single one of us. He has some miraculous amazing predestined plan you know and it goes back to above and beyond what we can imagine you know when you think about it that the the, you know god who created the world in seven days who also rested by the way that other part we were talking about (laughs) but you know that he knew before he hurled that first energy into into space that there would be a Marnie and a Michelle talking on one day in April. And just, you know, it just, it, it, we can barely comprehend it. And so that's where through our faith, we have to trust him. We just trust because he has proven himself faithful. And to know that there is a special calling on your life. And for every single one of us, it involves another person. It's loving one another. If you think of all the one another statements in in the Bible, you know, bear one another's burdens and, you know, build one another up and love one another and forgive one another. It is all about being in community with each other. And that I think is always our primary purpose. And then he gives each of us a spiritual gift that we get to use in a really unique way. Marnie, look at what you do. I mean, in what a unique way he has chosen for you to use your gift. Yeah, and everybody, I was talking with our pastor's wife a while back, and we had just met, and and I said, you know, we were talking about what we did, and I said, well, I have a, a mission to mentor millions of women around the world, and she goes, that's so cool. She goes, I have a mission to mother many children, and she has, she has, um, <clears throat> seven children and three of them are very handicapped. I mean, they have brain or other disabilities and it's just so cool how God has these totally completely different plans 
for every life, but it's like, I was thinking while you were talking, it's kind of like a watchmaker. If you think about just a human watchmaker and, and as he's, as he's hand defining that watch for a particular person, you know, this is a very expensive watch that's being designed for someone. He is thinking about that person and their uses for it and how he can make it to be adaptable mm -hmm. to them. Imagine how much more God spent the time to make sure that you, Michelle, were created just the way you needed to be to accomplish the purposes he had for you. Me, me, you know, my pastor's wife and you guys listening too. You know, we are not just carelessly thrown together for nothing, you know, whatever might come out of it. It's not, it's not evolution. It's very specifically planned um, cell by cell, you know, it's like this 3 billion base pair of DNA, God put them together in a particular way. He has, and it's not that we're just here strictly for his pleasure, right? We are, you know, we are here for his glory, you know, to, to, you know, praise him and to, to live lives that just show him praise and honor. Yeah. And yes, every one of us has a unique calling and in different seasons, we're called to different things. Absolutely. So for many of us, we're not doing the same thing from A to Z. There's seasons of responsibilities and leadership and platforms and work and volunteering. And it's remarkable. It is. It is. It's really fun. And it goes back to what we've been talking about the whole time. The theme of this is relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. God through Jesus. And it's such a gift. And I'm so excited that you were able to join me today and share this stuff. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. You can learn more about Michelle at her website, michellegiletto.com, or over at womenspeakers.com under the state of Pennsylvania. Exciting to be here with Teresa Nelson, one of our featured speakers at womenspeakers.com. She's from Malacca, Minnesota. Welcome to you, Teresa. Oh, thank you so much, Marnie. It's just a privilege to be here. I so appreciate it. You are God's why. You are God's why is such an important thing for us to understand. Someone asked a child not too long ago, why did God make you? And the child said, because he loves me. And you know, God just made us so he could love us. We're his total reason for for our existence to glorify him and so he can be in a relationship with us. Look at the things he does for us, Marnie. I mean, he gives us beautiful creation. He saves our soul through his son, Jesus. His presence is with us. He delights over us. It just goes on and on. We're just everything to him. And in turn, he's everything to us. Fun to think of ourselves as God's why, like as a parent thinks of a child. Yeah. And how beautiful it is to think of how I love my kids or my granddaughter and how God's love toward us is that's his whole reason he wanted us to love. He wanted us to have somebody to love like he loves us. When we're still, God fights for us. God said in his word, I will fight for you. You need only to be still. And this became really important to me when I was teaching this in a Bible study, and I found that verse, and I thought it was just so profound and so wonderful. And about 10 days later, I found a breast lump. And then I knew why. He had given me that verse. He prepares us for our trials if we just keep our eyes open. And I took that verse, and I said, okay, Lord, you fight for me through the surgeries, the chemo, the radiation, and the recovery. 
And you know, he did. He did. Obviously, I'm still here, and 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 he. It was such a relief to let him do the fighting, and I just be the patient and trust him. And so I think no matter what battle we find ourselves in, we have to remember is he's the one that goes ahead and fights for us. Yeah, I love that phrase too. It's given both in the in the Old Testament two different times, but the one I really love is when Miriam sings it um that in that battle and they're going to die they are going to die unless god intervenes and he did he says stand still and see what i'm going to do for you you were created to be a unique and powerful representative of your creator to be a representative of our creator is such a privilege you know because we belong to his family and just like our children and our family they represent us and so we represent Jesus Christ as part of his family. And, and um, but what's so neat about it is that no one of our children are exactly the same. Even identical twins aren't exactly identical, identical. And so he has created us to be so unique in our relationship within him and it's how we represent him to the world. And he also didn't make us to be weak representatives. He makes us to be bold and strong and powerful through his Holy Spirit to represent him, his love, his salvation, his providence in our lives. And and he says in his word, be strong, be of good courage. I am with you always. And so it's a privilege to represent him in that fashion as he calls us. Repentance is a beauty maker and a glory giver. It's through prayer and repentance and through the word Repentance, confessing our sin and turning away from our, our, our sin is, is what changes us. The Holy Spirit changes us as we, as we um, give him those things that are unpleasant in our lives. And what happens then, he, he replaces the bitterness with blessing in our lives. He replaces the anger with an awesome presence. He exchanges those things from the ugly to the beautiful. And it's through repentance, if we allow him to massage us and in our spirit and to, and to bring his presence in our lives. And before we know it, we see ourselves where we normally would have probably told somebody off. It, we're blessing them instead, because that's what repentance does, is we seek him with our whole heart. And then it, and in men, it helps us give the glory to God instead of giving ourselves the glory, which is kind of human nature sometimes. But instead, we turn around and give it to him. And repentance is how God makes us beautiful. Like you said, massage, it's this gentle awareness of a change that needs to be made. And then kind of like the dross that comes to the surface when it's gold is being purified, it's actually taken away. And mm-hmm. it's never going to bother you or anybody else again. Not that exact thing. Um, That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it makes us kind of lean into the repentance part instead of run from it. God's conviction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is so different than condemnation and guilt, isn't it? Yeah. I, I love the way he corrects us. Yeah. He Beautiful. corrects us and we still feel loved at the same time. Right. Exactly. And cherished because he bothered, he bothered to purify that out of us. It's an odd God thing to give up so you can win. Just to give up is, is such an awesome thing to do in the presence of God because the world teaches to get up there and fight for yourself, you're number one. But the Bible teaches surrender instead. And so the world might look at it as kind of a, 
odd thing to do. But when we give it up to God, then he makes the pathway for victory in our lives through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it seems paradoxical, but it is so true that the more we surrender, the more God fights for us, the more he makes a way for us, then the, the glory happens to, for God. Yeah, I can think of so many times, and I was just talking to somebody about this over the weekend, where I had to lay something down that I really wanted, something that I truly wanted, yeah. and God asked me to just lay it down, surrender it, just give it up. And then not very long after, he brought it back, but he brought it back in a much better way, in a different <laughs> way. I mean, I'm sure this has happened to you, too. It's happened to everybody who's ever mm-hmm. surrendered anything to God. It's like not really giving it up. It's just like entrusting it to someone who has more power and more ability to help us. And more imagination than what we I think, think yes. he has. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And even he has just so much capability beyond. We don't, we don't, we can't even see what the possibilities are. Our no. prayers are very limited. That's why it says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. I, I love that. That's a beautiful concept. Fear is a false prison. Fear is a false prison. It's something that a lot of people don't even know that they have or that they're in that kind of a prison. You know, I work in the county jail or I have worked and now I do ministry with inmates. And um, yes, they're, they're actually in jail and in prison, but really they're imprisoned more by some of the fears and of course the addictions that they have. But fear I learned a long time ago means false expectations appearing real. And so when you, you speak truth to people and even to ourselves, we, we do the, yeah, but what about this? What about that? And then our fear comes to the forefront. And and it's something we have to uh, be aware of because it sneaks up on us sometimes. And, and, um, but it paralyzes us because we can't see past our fear. We can't see what God is going to do or even look at his promises that he, he will make away. We're just stuck there. And knowing for sure that something bad is going to happen, but God gives us hope, which means a joyful expectation of something good that's going to happen. But we want to believe the bad. And I just went through that myself with a family member who had some surgery. And I was afraid of her surgery. I was so afraid that something was going to happen that wasn't good. And and the day of the surgery, God gave me his peace. I surrendered it. And she came through with flying colors. And I, I repented, of course. But he he took me out of that prison and set me free because we can be free in Christ. Yeah, and it's not all about, you know, it was it was great that day that she came out of the surgery, wonderful, but it isn't even about that necessarily. Exactly. I recently lost someone, and it was such a mercy um, after after she passed away and, and how comforted I am to know that she's with Jesus, and there's so mm-hmm. much hope and joy in that now. So, mm-hmm. you know, it isn't even like the outcome... You know, there's a story that, you know, goes on, on and on and on about all these situations and is it good or is it bad? Well, it looked good, but then it turned bad. Well, then it looked bad, but it turned good. And, you know, and it's like from God's perspective, he can change everything. He can use everything for good, no matter how it looks. So to release that fear. And I totally agree with you that fear is a type of a prison. It really does not only block us in from doing what God's calling us to do, but it actually blinds us to what God's doing right now. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it's a prison, and and the the way to get out of it is to turn to him and 
and surrender that fear and ask him for the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it says in the Bible that perfect love casts out fear, that there is no fear in God's love. So there's fear that comes, you know, the cautionary fear, the reverent fear like that. But in, in the way that the fear is the false evidence appearing real, it is in God that we have the protection from that because his love casts out all that false fear. Thank you. Yes. Uh, awesome. Exchange the cravings and lies for the creator's truth and the old rags of sin for the garments of praise. As I said before, I work with drug addicts and people that are really, really stuck in craving something that's not truth for them. And it, it seems to be for them at the time. They have such a deep craving, but it's all lies from, yeah. from Satan. And they believe that that is their only way to feel good, to have a life, and to present to them that there's a creator who loves them, that has a truth for them that will set them free. We have to be aware of our own cravings to see if they're lies and exchange them for God who says, I will make you a way of escape. I will, there's, there's nothing that you're going through that I'm not familiar with, and I will deliver you. And so that's a great promise for them. And along with all of that cravings comes these rags of sin that are like in a, it, like our wardrobe. It's things that we pick up and then we wear. We can wear hatred. We can wear, wear bitterness and unforgiveness and jealousy and all those things. But God, what God says in Colossians 3, he gives us a whole different option for our closet. And at the end, he says, and above all else, put on love. And, and, and he says, put on compassion and mercy and truth and goodness. All those things I have for you. Mm-hmm. So exchange them. for Get rid of those old things. I will give you a new wardrobe filled with my, my grace. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because I, I, I need new wardrobe sometimes. <laughs> Actually, I, I've never really thought about it in terms of that. I love that. It's a really picture of him saying, here, you're wearing something old and outdated, and it's just a rag. Come here and put on something you're just going to feel so good in. And you're going to look good in it. It's going to just inspire everybody around you to um, also know that they can change out you know, this beautiful exchange life we have with God to just release the bad and receive the good from him. Teresa, thank you so much for your life. Thank you for your ministry. It's exciting to know what you do there, uh, helping so many, and you're available to speak for groups as well. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It's, it's been so much fun, and it went so fast, and I, I really thank you for your work. Okay, and you guys, thank you for being here. Learn more about Teresa Nelson over at womenspeakers.com. Just click on Minnesota, and you're going to find her there. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Perspective Transformation Radio, changing the world one perspective at a time. Learn more about today's guest at www.perspectivetransformation.com, more about our sponsor at womenspeakers.com, and swing over and visit me at marnie.com. Feel free to share this program with your friends and social networks and listen live every Wednesday afternoon or catch the archives at Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite site. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you next time.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.